0: Listener supported. WNYC Studios.
1: It's the Brian Lehrer Show on WNYC. I'm Bridget Bergen, senior reporter in the WNYC and Gothamist newsroom, filling in for Brian today. And now, we'll turn our attention to reporting coming from my colleague, Jacqueline Jeffrey Walensky, in the WNYC and Gothamist newsroom on the cleanliness of our kids' cafeterias. While school lunches have never been the pinnacle of fine dining, they should at least be safe and healthy options to fuel children throughout their school day. Unfortunately, New York City schools are falling short of these minimum requirements. According to data and health reporter Jacqueline Jeffrey Walensky, one fifth of New York City public schools received critical health violations in their cafeterias in the most recent health department inspection. Among those, more than 230 schools were repeat offenders and had racked up critical violations over at least two inspections in the last two years. What does this mean for the health and safety of our city kids at school? Jacqueline Jeffrey Walensky joins me now to answer this question and more. Jacqueline, it's great to have you here on The Brian Lehrer Show in studio. Thanks for having me. Sorry, this is going to be gross. <laughs> good, good listener warning there. Um, so let's just start out with the basics. What exactly is a critical health violation? What kinds of violations would be considered the most critical?
2: Yeah, that term critical violation is mostly reserved for like the really gross violations like pests, so like flies, roaches, signs of mice, um, temperature control, which is a big source of, you know, foodborne illness, and the likelihood of cross-contamination. And just like as a caveat, like even though those sound really bad, like one or two of those doesn't mean you're going to have an outbreak of foodborne illness in a cafeteria. It's really them stacking up and over time. Oof. Um, And you looked at where these violations have
1: happened most frequently. uh, So which schools do have the most critical violations?
2: Yeah, you know, it depends on how you slice it. But looking at the most recent inspections, one that really popped out to me was uh, PS 146 in East Harlem. Uh, They had four critical violations in their last inspection, which is pretty high. You know, most schools have none. Um, And the violations were flies, signs of mice, uh, possible cross-contamination, and under-trained staff. Although the good news is that two of those violations have since been fixed, um, but but the, the mice and the uh, flies are still a problem.
1: Oh, man. OK. Yeah. Um, I know in this reporting, you didn't just look at New York City public schools. You also looked at health code violations of private schools as well. How do they stack up? Are, Are kids eating better there or are the public schools,
2: you know, keeping pace? Interestingly, um, private schools tended to do worse on these health inspections than huh. public schools. So um, inspectors were about twice as likely to find a critical violation at a private school compared to a public school. Um, and there's a couple of theories as to why this might be. One of them, it's like a chain restaurant versus a mom and pop shop. Like every private school is kind of doing it their own way and that might make them that might, might make it harder to pass a health inspection. Wow.
1: Listeners, We know that you have thoughts and feelings and things to share on this topic. Um, Are there any school um, food service workers listening in? What are you seeing in your workplace? How is food safety being addressed? Are there problems with school infrastructure, funding, or something else that makes it more difficult for you to ensure quality food is served to students? Parents, uh, is there anything that uh, you hear from your kids? uh, Tell us about the food in your kids' School cafeteria, or kids, if you're home from school today, we'd love to hear from you too. Please call in. Have you ever gotten sick from the pizza bagel or the salad? Give us a call at 212 433 WNYC. That's 212 433 9692. Help us report this story. Um, also, we'd love to hear from anyone who works in a school cafeteria, but also anyone who's you know worked in any large scale cafeteria or food service operation. Maybe in a large office building or for a caterer, maybe you faced similar challenges, we want to hear from you too, please weigh in. The number, 212-433-9692. You can also text or tweet at Brian Lair. Jacqueline, why are city schools repeat offenders? You know, is there not an ability to improve the cleanliness or, you know, administer any sort of punishment to
2: schools with multiple critical health code violations? You know, one thing that I was surprised to find out, a lot of it has to do with the age and condition of these school buildings. So, you know, by far the most common critical violation is signs of mice. And all these schools have pest control Programs, but you know, an aging school building, it's going to have nooks and crannies. And even if you're regularly coming back again and again, like critters are going to find their way in no matter what. Um, And then there's also a problem with understaffing. Um, You
1: went and you spoke to kids at some of these schools. Um, We're going to bring some of their voices into the conversation. Uh, Here is Queenie Cow, a 10th grader at Stuyvesant High School who had to share uh, her experience eating some of
2: the food. I found a worm in the salad. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah.
1: It was, like, it was like a small baby one. Okay, just in case anybody didn't hear exactly what Queenie said, she said, I found a worm
2: in the salad. Jacqueline, um, what do we think this worm was? I truly have no idea. I think the question will haunt me. Uh, for the rest of my <laughs> no. days, but what I will say is that my my sense, and also from talking to some food safety experts, that probably has more to do with the source of the food, like the supplier of the food. Like I don't think worms like snuck in from sure. from the cafeteria or anything like that. Sure. So so perhaps Queenie
1: was just unlucky to mm. get a bag bad bad bag of lettuce. Yeah. Um, but did any of the other kids you spoke to find other signs of vermin in their food or? in their cafeterias?
2: Nothing, nothing else like in their food. Uh, And overall, they were like pretty chill uh, about these allegations. (laughs) They were like, these are old buildings, there are going to be mice. Um, But Queenie's case was definitely unique.
1: Yeah, that 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 one would leave a mark. Um, Jacqueline, what kinds of illnesses could children be exposed to by eating in cafeterias that have, you know,
2: multiples of these critical health violations? So, um, you know, most of these schools, like even like Stuyvesant, like these one or two mice violations, again, like it's not going to cause food poisoning almost ever. Um, but if a school really does have like a long history of these violations, um, that can be very predictive of an outbreak of, of food poisoning or some kind of foodborne pathogen. Those are kind of the two types. And, and
1: you said the, the students were mostly pretty chill, but did you hear any concerns about the safety of their food?
2: They were like so again, like, they were just so blasé about it. Like they were like, Yeah, yeah, whatever. Like and and even the people who like didn't feel great about how the food tasted or looked didn't have any reports about it like making them feel sick. So that's mm-hmm. a good sign. Uh, if you're just joining us, I'm Bridget Bergen in
1: for Brian Lair today, and we're talking about how clean or not the city's school cafeterias are with my guest and colleague, WNYC and Gothamist reporter, Jacqueline Jeffrey Walensky. Um Jacqueline, you also spoke with Frances Solander, a sixth grader at Robert F. Wagner Jr. Secondary School for the Arts and Technology in Long Island City, Queens. Here's what she had to say about her least favorite lunch foods.
2: Mushy green beans, weird uh, corn pizza, mm. and vegan chicken nuggets, which everyone hates.
1: Oh, man. Thumbs down on the vegan chicken nuggets. (laughs) Um, You know, we know that this was something that Mayor Adams touted, bringing in Vegan Fridays as part of his efforts to improve school lunches. He also invested $50 million in 2022 into building up some school cafeterias, offering food court-style experiences in about 100 schools. Did any of those schools have health code violations? And do you know if food quality improved, or was it all sort of a fail like the vegan chicken nuggets?
2: <laughs> so because of the way the data was set up, it was difficult to see if the food court style or improved cafeterias had different outcomes when it came to health code violations. I will say, though, that students who attend those schools had positive things to say. They liked having fruit salad, they liked having fresh options, um, and they liked having a wider array of choices. Um, but the vegan chicken nuggets were, were widely panned. Uh, let's hear from
1: Roberta in Queens. Roberta, I understand you are a teacher. Is that right?
3: Yes. Uh, good morning. I am a teacher, and I've seen food at two different schools. I serve two schools, and I I want to compliment. The administration and powers that organize this for some new recipes that in theory could be very good, Mm -hmm. but the execution is overheating the foods. They're reheated and reheated and reheated to the point where they get very mushy or dried out, Mm -hmm. especially breaded products. Mm -hmm. A mozzarella stick is very appealing to a child if it's crispy on the outside and gooey on the inside but they're not being served like that. The recipe is good, but the heating process is
1: poor. Hmm. Roberta, thanks for that. I think that sounds like a better way to eat a mozzarella stick to me too. (laughs) Um, I I appreciate that. Um, Jacqueline, did you hear any concerns from... You know, or get a chance to speak with any of the
2: food service workers who were responsible for preparing some of this food? I didn't for this story, but I've definitely heard about the the overheating and reheating that Roberta describes. Uh, Francis definitely used the word mushy several times, <laughs> and that was also one of the chief complaints about the nuggets was th- that that process leaves them very texturally unpleasant. Um, but coming back to the, the issue of, of staff, um, just in my research for this story, I definitely came across reports of understaffing and also folks not being given the training that they needed to um, feel really confident about serving healthy, tasty, safe food. Hmm. Um, We're
1: getting in some interesting texts. Uh, One listener writes, hi, I worked in food service at two high schools in Long Island City. Uh, My question is, excuse me, in Long Island. Mm -hmm. My question is, who is running these New York City school kitchens? The public school kitchens I worked at were not run by school districts, but by third parties, Mm -hmm. Aramark and Whitson's, uh, a Long Island private firm. So Jacqueline, do you know how these kitchens
2: are operated? It's a good question. Uh, The data that I analyzed does have a field for the permittee, like the person applying for um, the the permit to serve food for private schools it's pretty revealing they'll often name specific vendors for public schools it's kind of obscured it kind, it, it just says New York City Department of Education yeah, um, but but that's a really a good suggestion for something to dig into like who's supplying this food absolutely we have another listener who
1: texts restaurants with well behaved diners have a hard time keeping up with regulations <laughs> hundreds of little kids in a cafeteria making a mess there's absolutely no way any school can pass a health inspection so. A little bit of uh, sympathy for the the food service workers in the the schools from that listener. Mm -hmm. Um, Jacqueline, in in your piece, you report that kids are also anticipating a reduction in the options that they actually like to eat in these cafeteria uh, due to the mayor's budget cuts this year. When is that happening, and what's the things that you're hearing that they're going to miss the most?
2: So it's actually, I believe, starting today, uh, the the mayor's sixty million dollar budget cuts to uh, the school food budget, uh, and it really is targeting some of the items that kids say they like the most: um, chicken legs and chicken thighs. That was reported by Chalkbeat. Um, beet and cheese burritos, salads, like a you know pretty wide range of items that you know kids enjoyed when maybe like the hot entree wasn't their their favorite. Um, yeah, so those are some of the ones that are getting cut. Let's go to Mark in the Bronx.
1: Mark, thanks for calling WNYC. I understand you're a retired teacher.
0: Yes, and I I, I like to well, the issue that that I realize might be important and is discussed is that I was a teacher at the tail end of the time when the uh, cafeterias cook their own food mm. most of it anyway. Uh, and the cook at the school I was in, and I was working with very difficult kids, so I had to eat lunch with them every day. So for a couple of years, I ate lunch, the school lunch every day. And I was there when Mrs. Uh, uh, census I even remember her name, um, (laughs) lost her job as the main cook, and the the food started, uh, you know, being delivered to the food. Mm -hmm. And I think that the is, you know, food that's delivered, and I tasted that kind of food in other places too. It usually doesn't stack up to real home cooked food, mm-hmm. which doesn't, as so far as I know, no longer exists at all mm-hmm. in the, in the schools.
1: Mark, thank you for that for that perspective on on what it was like in the schools when you were in uh, as a teacher. Let's go to Sharon in Morningside Heights. Sharon, you're on WNYC. <laughs>
3: Hi, uh, I'm a parent in the public schools and at my daughter's elementary was active on the PTA executive board, which uh, our PTA closet was also the pantry for the kitchen, the, the dry goods, canned goods, supplies. Um, so <laughs> it's related to what you're talking about with pests, but the, the, the conditions in the cafeteria and the kitchen, I don't think normal people who don't go into a, a public school kitchen realize what kind of conditions the staff is working under, mm-hmm. the heat is insane. In the shoulder seasons, which are getting longer in New York, September and June, um, when it's hot outside, mm-hmm. the kitchen ovens are running from before school for breakfast through lunch for all of the kids, plus if the school serves an after-school snack, uh, which many do if they have after-school programming, um, and everything is delivered, as the previous caller was saying, it's uh, pre-cooked somewhere else and then heated in the building, and. One problem with the old buildings, you can't build a new kitchen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can't cook on site. But I think people underestimate the value of serving a cold lunch in mm-hmm. cold weather. It's not necessarily a worse lunch. Um, but having the, the ovens on generating this much heat, mm-hmm. not just for the kitchen staff, but for the, everyone who works in the building, because the heat doesn't stay in the kitchen, of course. It radiates up sure. through the rest of the building. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the old buildings that do not have air conditioning mm-hmm. in all spaces... I hope that most of them have it in classrooms at this point, but I'm, I'm not confident that that's across the system. Um, the heat is a problem. Yeah. It's very difficult to learn and to teach and to remain energetic in a in a room that is just way too hot. Sharon... Um, and also, I just... Yeah. Yeah.
1: I have a question for you. I need to do one piece of business. This is WNYC FM HD and AM New York, WNJT FM 88.1 Trenton, WNJP 88.5 Sussex, WNJY 89.3 Netcong, and WNJO 90.3 Toms River. This is New York and New Jersey public radio and live streaming at WNYC.org. Sharon, I'm just curious, since you are on um, a parent board, is this something that you've talked about there? And is this a concern that has come up in terms of both the idea of the cleanliness of these kitchens, and then also, you know, this this idea that the administration is cutting back on some of the the food items that kids seem to like a lot of.
3: Not, not so much the well, the cleanliness. Uh, we see what we see, you know, that we're, when we're in the building, sure, and we definitely see uh, that in an old building with the nooks and crannies, mice are going to be a continuous problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just requires a lot of effort to stay on top of it. It can be done, but it requires a lot of effort. Um, as far as the food selection, what I what I notice is that schools that have a, a really active and persistent PTA have a fighting chance of supplementing a bit. Mm. Um, but... Uh, You know, the whole question of what to serve kids, you know, is is this complicated balancing issue? Sure. What Mm -hmm. do you give them that they will eat that will also be healthy? Right. Mm -hmm. And uh, you can't system-wide solve the problem if there's not enough space in the building to have a functional kitchen. Mm -hmm. Um, And so from my vantage point and from the people that I know, one one potential solution is stop trying to make every meal a hot meal. Mm -hmm.
1: Um, Mm Right.
3: It doesn't have to be. You can have a nutritious, balanced, lunch or breakfast with choices that isn't warm. Mm. And, uh, you know, maybe in the winter, that's a necessity, but, but in September and in June, uh, it's it's something that this they're
1: mandated to do,
3: and so right. they do it.
1: Sharon, thank you so much for that call. I want to get in one more caller. Let's go to Vito in Ocean County. Vito, you're on WNYC.
0: Yes, um, hi, uh, my question is, what does the Board of Health have to say with this about this? And how often do they go in there
2: on inspection? Hmm. Vito, thanks for your question. Jacqueline, can you uh, fill in some of those blanks for? Sure. So I reached out to the Department of Health, you know, for this story just to kind of run my findings by them. Uh, One thing they said is like that they were the ones who gave me the tip to focus on these critical inspections specifically, and also said to be sort of careful when making these you can't really make these like apples to apples comparisons. For example, between private schools and public schools, um, as far as the the schedule, they do these inspections at least once a year, um, oftentimes more for some of the more problematic schools.
1: And Vito, I understand. Did you work in a school cafeteria or have experience with school cafeterias?
2: I worked in the in the eight in the
0: early eighties and most of the eighties in food services, mm-hmm. including Merrill Lynch Conference and Training Center. Mm-hmm and um part of our job was even though the food came in there no we we inspected it we made sure it didn't get to someone's plate Mm -hmm. when it's too late Mm -hmm. so so i'm just wondering if maybe the a program can be implemented implemented where the 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 food at at that one particular school temporarily can be um uh prepared
1: Mm. vito thank you so much for that call and and that suggestion um (laughs) <laughs> Jacqueline, I shall tell you, we're getting a lot of texts oh. from listeners uh, on the uh, worm in Queenie's salad. Mm. A debate is raging over whether it is a maggot or um, potentially, you know, a sign of the oh. flies that you found to be a critical violation. Oh, or potentially, as we also suggested, could be a possibility, something in the supply chain, mm-hmm. um, something in where that lettuce came from. Mm-hmm. Um you know, I know you said you ran your findings by the health department, but mm-hmm. did they give you any explanations for, you know, why certain critical violations might occur? Something like we heard in Queenie Salad.
2: I didn't get the chance to talk directly to the Department of Health about the worm incident, um, but I, I did talk to. Um, <laughs> A food safety expert at Rutgers University. Um, he frequently like you know takes food off the line at the dining hall at Rutgers to just like test it for pathogens and stuff. Um, and he was like pretty, Insistent that, like, if a, if a bug is in food, it's almost certainly a result of the supplier. Particularly something like 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 you know fresh vegetables or raw lettuce. Um, that was sort of and and especially given what other callers have said about the food being very prepackaged and just like you know reheated or you know not in the case of salad. Um, my. It's conjecture, but my guess would be that it came from the supplier. Sure. I want to read another
1: text from a listener who writes, I wouldn't judge New York City school cafeterias Mm -hmm. too harshly as a food sanitation inspector. Mm -hmm. Not in schools, though. I'll say you can find these problems everywhere, in restaurants, anywhere food is prepared Mm -hmm. and served. It does relate to staffing, Mm -hmm. training, budgets, as well as leadership and enforcement. People are very stretched these days. The worm... Could have come from the field where the salad was grown. Mm-hmm. So, we couldn't get a comment in there without responding to Queenie's worm,
2: which is clearly the takeaway <laughs> mm-hmm. that a lot of people have from hearing this. Yeah, absolutely, um, um, and and. Just sort of following up on that, it it's also important to note that like these meals are absolutely a lifeline for New York City students. Uh, 15% of New Yorkers are food insecure. That means they don't have enough to eat. And these schools serve breakfast, lunch, and oftentimes an after school snack. And so I think it's important to acknowledge they serve hundreds of thousands of meals each day. It's a huge enterprise. Absolutely. Well, I look forward
1: to, to the next iteration of your reporting, Jacqueline, as always. We're going to leave it there for now. My guest has been Jack- Jacqueline Jeffrey-Walensky, data reporter for WNYC and Gothamist. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, maybe next time we'll talk about something a little less gross.
2: (laughs) I hope so. Thanks for having me. (laughs)